You're listening to Love and War with David Harwood. This is a weekly podcast where David offers spiritual insights that are aimed to enhance your relationship with God, yourself, and others. If you are edified by what you hear, please recommend this podcast to people you love. Now, here's David. Oh, well, let's address an attitude. Many of us are living with disappointment. Our hope has been deferred for so long that our hearts have gotten very tired. Essentially, we've surrendered to a status quo to which we should not capitulate. People tend to incrementally make peace with despair. One discouragement after another is viewed as definitive. Finally, disappointment becomes our default emotional state. It reminds me of this dialogue from The Princess Bride. Inigo Montoya, who are you, man in black? No one of consequence. Inigo Montoya, I must know. Man in black, get used to disappointment. Inigo Montoya, okay. Circumstances say to the heart, which is hardly holding on to hope, Get used to disappointment. The exhausted heart surrenders and replies, Okay, oh well, what I hope for hasn't happened. I guess it never will. That's life. Let's carry on. Pilate washed his hands, self-absolving himself from any responsibility. At times, we wash our hands of the responsibility to keep hope alive. I looked up the definition of keep hope alive and found that it means exactly what we'd think. Even if something seems to become more and more unlikely, do not stop believing in it. Don't misunderstand me. Everybody gets tempted to live with disappointment. Of necessity, that included Jesus, Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. However, rather than making peace, we're called to battle for the fulfillment of every promise we've received. At times, we may feel like the wind is taken out of our sails. We become dispirited. Our hope does not feel empowered. The mere mention of the hoped-for promise brings emotional pain. To avoid the pain, we make void the promise. However, Paul gave some relevant general instructions to the Roman believers. Here's a verse taken out of its context that effectively describes a way through the doldrums. Listen, Romans 12, 12. Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. This describes a process that is helpful and attainable. First, consider rejoicing in hope. Hope is related to worshipful waiting. When we start to sincerely hope, it is easy to rejoice. We are filled with anticipation, eagerly expecting the Lord to act. Our hope is based upon our faith. The believer believes, therefore they begin to wait for it to come to pass. They spontaneously praise him at the start of the process. Hope motivates confident rejoicing. It is a deep security, a confidence, knowing the answer is on the way and looking for it to come. 
a friend who experienced remarkable success in a highly unlikely venture, wrote me. She said, I'm so excited about what is coming next. That, that is biblical expectancy. That is rejoicing in hope. Listen to the next phrase, persevering in tribulation. We are exhorted to persevere in tribulation. Why? Perseverance is part of our calling. The fruit of the Spirit includes patience and faithfulness. Also, to secure our hopes, it is necessary to persevere when faith's answer has not yet come. Why persevere? Because we know that our Deliverer is coming and is bringing what we've received by faith. So, even while we're waiting, we rejoice in hope and persevere in the middle of difficulties that delay hope's fulfillment. How might we persevere in expectation? A way we persevere in hoping is through agreeing with God, confession, saying the same thing. If we believe in our heart that we have it, then we really believe that we've got it. When that's the case, the expression of our hearts through the words of our mouths is a natural result. The writer to Hebrews wrote, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 10.23 Paul referred us to Abraham's example. It is worth reviewing. Romans 4.20b.21 Abraham grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Finally, we're called to pray. Why? We devote ourselves to prayer because we know that our prayers hasten the fulfillment of our hope. The fervent prayers of righteous people are effective. Here's an example of Paul's perspective. Note that action, hope, and prayer are connected. At the same time, also, prepare me a lodging for I hope that through your prayers I will be given to you. Philemon 22. Here is some confirmation about our need to persevere in hope. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. Romans eight twenty four and 25 We are to keep our expectation alive. We hope for what we do not see while we persevere and await God's answer. We know that Romans 8 speaks of the ultimate outworking of redemption. However, it applies to us in our present tense, time-bound situations too. We are instructed to be rejoicing in expectation, faithful during any difficulty in our waiting time, and praying for the faith to become sight the fulfillment of our hope. In the light of our previous meditation, I think that it is important for me to emphasize that Romans 12.12 was written to a fellowship of believers. We are not called to praise, persevere, and pray by ourselves. We are called to participate in fellowships of hope. It is the lot of humanity to go through seasons wherein we are tempted to utterly despair. 
Here is Paul's testimony of the fellowship of despair. He is writing as the leader of an apostolic company. Note the pronouns, we and us. 2 Corinthians 1.8 For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. This experience of heart sickness was experienced in community. The difficulties they faced were insurmountable. Paul was realistic about this. He recognized that life is hard, temptations can be strong, but that God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Let's quickly revisit Paul's testimony of this team's despair and continue reading about their battle. Here's the apostles' remedy for and renunciation of hopelessness. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God, who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death, and will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us, you also joining in helping us through your prayers, so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. Second Corinthians 1, 8-11 Note, he testified that the apostolic team had set their hope on God who raises the dead. That is powerful. Every believer has the certain expectation of participation in the resurrection. Paul and his co-workers applied that hope to their immediate circumstances. We need to do that too. We need to do that every day. Have you gotten used to living with disappointment? In what area of your life? Simply writing this meditation is exposing areas in my life which I need to confront. Also, I'd be lying if I did not emphasize the struggle it takes to overcome. I encourage you to isolate those discouragements. God is worthy of our hope. Our souls flourish when we hope. We can rejoice in hope, persevere in the difficulty, and give ourselves to prayer. Let's do that. If your hope is totally broken down, then begin to rebuild. Perhaps some initial enthusiasm has waned. Maybe the pain of delayed expectations is so great that your heart has gotten sick. I've had to rebuild in the past. Here's what I suggest you do. Begin with small expectations, but give no quarter to no expectations. Our Father really is identified as the God of hope. Let's replace, oh well, with He will. Romans 12.12, rejoicing in hope. 
persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. Love and War is written and presented by David Harwood. The theme song is Skirmish from the album Spontaneous Combustion by Leonard Jones. David has written several books, including God's True Love, and his latest, Hope Again, Strengthening the Anchor of Your Soul, which contains a collection of daily devotionals. You can find links to these and others by visiting loveofgodproject.org and clicking on the book section. If you'd like to reach out to David, you can go to our Facebook page, Love and War DH, or send an email to loveofgodproject at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and please remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends.